Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. If you're a woman who is ready and willing to be a follower of Jesus, you're in the right place. Join me as we dive in deep to learn how to embrace your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. I'm your host, Darla Trindler, and I'm cheering you on. Welcome to your journey. Hello, it's Darla. Welcome to the podcast. I have a couple things I want to share with you before we dive into this episode with my friend Lynette Shepard. So the first thing is that this is the last episode for season five. I have absolutely loved interviewing so many different women. If you haven't heard all those interviews, go back and listen. So this is going to be the end of season five. And I announced previously that I was starting season six next week. However, I'm going to put a pause on that and I'm going to wait to start season six, which is going to be 25 episodes. We're going to talk about the doctrine of Christ and each aspect of the doctrine of Christ. There's going to be ways for you to be involved. And I'll share more about that in my weekly email and on Instagram in the coming months, but that's going to come back mid-August. And the reason is because in the last few months, some things have really shifted in my life and changed a lot. The major thing is that I decided to run for office. It's a little bit crazy. It even sounds crazy to me, but it feels right. And it's something that I'm pursuing. There's been a lot of connection with the podcast, people that I've interviewed who got my wheels turning several months ago, thinking about that. It's something I've always thought about. My husband and I have always talked about that at some point I would run. I thought it would be a little bit later, maybe after all my kids were out of the house, but I'm down to one kid left after my son graduated next month. We felt good about it and we decided to go for it. So I am officially on the ballot to run for the city council in the community where I live, Mesa, Arizona. And really excited for it. So my days have been filled with, I got signatures collected so that I could get on the ballot, pass that hurdle. Now I'm just out in the community every day, meeting with all kinds of people, getting my name out there, fundraising and doing all the things that you would expect come with the campaign. And it's extremely busy. So I did not feel like I could give my full attention to this season doing the doctrine of Christ. And I really want to be able to give my full effort to that. So I'm just going to put it on hold until August. My election is on August 2nd. So after that, I should be able to come back and focus on the podcast and get those episodes out towards the end of the year, starting in August and then going through the end of the year. So that is my plan right now. So I just wanted to let you know that I'll share more details as it gets a little bit closer I will be hopping onto Instagram once in a while and sharing with anyone who's on my email list. I'll be sharing emails right now. I'm sharing them every Friday. I'm hoping to continue to do that um, because I don't want to just totally step away from spiritually minded women. I love it. So I will be continuing to share those emails. So if you want to keep in the loop with me, that's probably the best way to do it. And also follow me on Instagram. So you can find a link to join my email list in the show notes for this episode or in my profile on Instagram. So that's the first thing that I want to tell you. This is the last episode of season five. The second thing I wanted to tell you is today I'm sharing an an interview with my friend, Lynette Shepard. I've known Lynette for many years. We met on Instagram, but we've become real life friends as you'll hear on the episode because we live pretty close to each other. And since I recorded this interview a couple months ago with Lynette, she has actually decided to launch a podcast. And I think that you are really going to love it. So I want to make sure that you knew about her podcast. It's brand new. It just came out at the time of this recording, it's only been out for two days, but that's new podcast is called stand with Lynette. And it is for Latter-day Saint women who desire to brighten their faith as the world grows darker. She's going to be teaching practical and spiritual principles that will help those who wish to stand firmly on the covenant path 
come what may. So you're going to hear a glimpse of that. She talks a lot about those same things in this interview that you're about to hear, but just wanted to point you to Lynette's new podcast. So I will look forward to seeing you again here with the podcast in August. And now here is my interview with Lynette Shepard. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. This is Darla, and I am thrilled to have one of my good friends today as my guest, Lynette Shepard. I am just really happy for you to be able to hear part of her journey. So Lynette, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. Lynette and I met online. We met on Instagram several years ago, and we happen to both live in the Phoenix area. We have been able to meet in person many times, and she has just become a good friend. So if anyone ever says that you can't make real friends on Instagram, it's not true. Lynette and I are living proof of that. And she has been such a blessing in my life. So I'm excited to share more of her journey. So Lynette, will you just take a minute, tell everyone a little bit more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I, like Darla said, I live in the Phoenix area with my husband of 25 years. This year we'll be married 25 years. So we have five kids and they currently range in age from 13 up to 23. So we only have two left at home, which is super weird because the house is so quiet. I don't know. It's weird, but it's also a really fun stage of life. I love having teens and young adults. They get a bad rap, but I think they're awesome. And uh, so I spent the last several years online trying to help parents prepare their kids to leave home as confident and competent young adults. And so that's been my focus. And I'm switching gears a little bit, um, just trying to help women strengthen their faith. So that's a little bit about me. I think that's how we bonded in the first place, because we both love teenagers. We both Uh just think that teenagers are great and have both kind of loved this stage of life and helping other people to love it too. So we're not going to talk about teenagers today, though. We're going to talk about the journey that you've had. And I think so many people are going to be able to relate to this because what we're going to talk about starts in 2020. Everybody has something challenging that started in 2020, I think. So I think it will be really relatable, but do you want to just start off and tell me what 2020 was like for you? What, what was going on? What did that look like for you? Yeah. Like the first week of March in 2020, I got a text from my Bishop in the middle of the week and he wanted to come over and meet with my husband and I on Thursday night. And I did some quick mental math and I'm not great at that, to be honest, but it became clear to me pretty quickly that there's probably only one of a couple reasons why he would be coming over in the middle of the week to meet with my husband and I, and all of them had the word president in the title. And I (laughs) was not, I had no inkling of this beforehand. I was not really prepared for any presidency. But I was like, okay, come over. And uh, sure enough, my my suspicions were confirmed. And he asked me to serve as the Relief Society president in our ward. And I instantly felt super inadequate because I hadn't hardly even ever attended Relief Society. I had spent most of my adult years serving in primary with brief stints in young women's and brief stints in Relief Society. But I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how I can lead these women, but I believe that the Lord qualifies whom he calls. And so I accepted the call. And again, this was the first week of March. And then we all know what happened two weeks later. I didn't realize the timing of that. Yeah. This was really close to when the pandemic started. So you right before. Yeah. So I was just trying to process how do I even be a Relief Society president? And then all of a sudden I have no church. There's no precedent. What am I supposed to do? Nobody knows. You know, so I'm trying to figure that out, trying to figure out how to support these sisters in the middle of the craziest time of 
any of our lives and feeling super inadequate with that. And then my husband is a dentist. And so with the pandemic, his practice was closed for eight weeks. And so that was a challenge in and of itself. And we realized how financially vulnerable we were with being closed for eight weeks and not having any income coming in. And it was a little more vulnerable than I was comfortable with. And so I felt really inspired to start my own business with this platform that I had been working on growing online and that I needed to launch this business. And I don't know anything about business at this point. I don't know what I'm doing at all. And so I'm trying to figure that out. And I hired a business coach and together we came up with this plan that was way more intense than I had anticipated. There were a lot of moving parts and all of them were a hundred percent dependent upon me. I had no team, no staff, like mm-hmm. no nothing, no help. And so I'm trying to figure out how to do all this business stuff. And it's taking so much of my time in the meantime, trying to serve as a relief society president in the middle of a pandemic, like everyone is struggling. My family had our own set of challenges. In addition to not being able to work for that two months, like as the year went on, some of my kids were struggling with some pretty significant challenges that were new for them and new for us. And one of my sons, he was a young adult. He wasn't living at home. He was living in a different state. And he was like spiraling down in a hurry. And I felt pretty powerless to help at all. I was like, there's nothing I can do for you other than be here to support you. And I am a fixer and I wanted to just fix and I couldn't. And even if I could have, it wouldn't have been a good idea, but I couldn't do anything, but just listen on the phone and support. And I was like, Oh my goodness. There, this is all too much. It was just one huge layer after another huge layer. And we got to the end of the year and I was like, I don't even know. I can't do this. I don't know how I can do this. And it was the first week of January in 2021. And this was all on my mind and it was fast Sunday. And I was feeling so overwhelmed, like drowning in all of the challenges of my life and all the responsibilities, wanting to show up for everybody. So afraid I'm going to drop a ball and just let everybody down. And so I'm like trying to juggle all these things and just feeling so overwhelmed. So it was fast Sunday in January of 2021. And on my mind was this question, Heavenly Father, how can I do all of these things that you're asking me to do? Because it feels like too much. And I felt like all of it was like, I felt inspired to start this business and I have this big calling. And of course, like I'm a mother and I want to support my kids. And so I felt like it was all stuff that, that he was asking me to do. And I'm like, do you not know that this is too much for me? Like I am drowning. How can I do all of this? So I was thinking about that question during the sacrament and out of the blue, I had this super clear thought and it was Lynette. It's not about what you do. And I was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? I have to do all this stuff. If it's not about what I do, then what is it about? And so I asked that follow-up question to the Lord while I was sitting there in sacrament meeting and I got nothing, like no answer at all. And I was like, okay. So I came home from church that day and I opened up my computer and 
I opened it to the church website and I typed the word do into the search bar just to see if I could figure out like, what's the Lord trying to teach me? And it pulled up this whole list of things of conference talks. And so I just started reading. And one of the first talks that I read, there was a quote in that talk that just jumped off the page, like a flashy neon sign. And it was talking about mother Teresa and how a reporter had interviewed mother Teresa about her work with the poor and her answer to whatever question they asked. And I don't have this exactly in front of me, so I'm going to do my best to quote it. But basically, Mother Teresa said, it's God's work. I am a pencil in his hands. He does the thinking. He does the writing. The pencil has nothing to do with it. The pencil has only to be allowed to be used. And I was like, okay, so Maybe the Lord's trying to teach you that it's not about what I do, but about what he could do through me. And at first that sounded not that different because I still had to do the doing. I'm like, how does that help me feel less overwhelmed? If I'm a pencil in God's hands, I'm still doing the writing. Actually, I'm just doing the work for him. So how does that help me? But I started to realize that if I could frame it in that way, if I could think about it, this is God's work. Who carries the weight of God's work? He does. I am just a tool. He's using me to do his work. And then when I started thinking about it like that, the work didn't feel heavy anymore. I could still do the work. Nothing was different in my life. I still had all the same thing. But I would just think I'm giving this to the Lord. And for my calling, I would go and I would visit with sisters in their homes. And everyone had a story and everyone was struggling. And I used to come away from some of those meetings feeling like really heavy. Okay. Now I'm carrying their burden, but I'm like, this isn't my burden. Like this is the savior. This is his work. I can give it to him so I could be supportive and I could go about the doing and he would do all the heavy lifting. And that was transformative in my experience. This is so good because I think sometimes we hear a lot Oh, just say no. Don't, you know, say no, don't do more. Don't take on more have your self-care, have your me time, which I I think is important. I'm not saying that's not important, but sometimes I think we can say yes more if we're not taking it on ourselves, if we're involving God. So what were the practical things? What did that look like? Cause like you said, your plate didn't change. Like you still had all of these challenges on your shoulders, but how did you give those burdens to the Lord? What exactly did that look like? So for me, there were other practical things that I did that helped me to just manage my day-to-day life. But as far as this particular piece is concerned, I did a lot of visualization and just, there was this one time in particular where I was in the middle of all this really challenging stuff. And I was pretty new to the world of meditation. And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how can I pull meditation into my life to help me with this situation? And so I sat down one morning and was doing my meditation and I just visualized myself and I was there and the savior was with me and we were walking together and I was carrying this like massive backpack that was filled with all of these heavy things. And the savior just looked at me and he's, can I carry that for you? And I was like, okay, so grateful. And so I took off my backpack and I started putting my stuff into his stuff. And like, I took a couple things out at first and he's no, like all of it. And so I just pictured myself just 
giving him all of this weight. And then he carried it and I walked and it, I, it felt lighter. And so that helped me a lot, just visualizing, okay, I'm, I'm walking by the savior, but he's doing this work. One of the things that we were talking about as we were prepping is that it's all his work, right? Anything that we're trying to do in this world, like you were trying to serve others in your calling and help people with all kinds of issues, marriage problems, family problems, financial, you were dealing with some of those things yourself. And there's nothing that is just our work. It's all his work. How did that mindset shift help you at that time? It just made me realize that I don't have to do it by myself. I think that a lot of times we feel like this is my work. I have to do it. This calling is my work. I have to do it. Mm -hmm. I have to do all this stuff for my family. I am serving in my community or doing whatever. And it's all mine. I can't let any of it go. I, I will admit I'm a recovering control freak. And so just like letting things go is sometimes hard for me, letting other people yeah. take over or letting other people help carry things for me or whatever. And so that was hard just to, to at first just realize, okay, I don't have to carry this. Like he's sitting here waiting to help me, but he's not going to just yank it out of my hands. I think sometimes we don't realize how much we're carrying until yeah. we get to the point of overwhelm. And then it's okay. Like we're crushed when, if we would have been just like consciously giving things away all the way along, then yeah. we wouldn't get to that point of overwhelm. I love that you brought up overwhelm because that's something that I thought about a lot. I think for me personally, it is a tool that Satan uses <laughs> with me. He knows this is how I can get Darla. I can just get her really overwhelmed and then relying on Christ goes out the window. And I think it's one of the things I've thought about in my life is that when I'm overwhelmed, I have let go of that. I am not turned towards him. And so if I start feeling those things, I'm getting better at it. But like there's been periods of my life where I have lived in overwhelm for months and months mm -hmm. and actually physically felt the burden on my shoulders. And so I think when we start to feel overwhelmed, it can be a clue okay, I need to turn around and I need to give that backpack to the savior. He says, cast your burdens before me. Give me your burdens. I'll carry them. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm -hmm. We can do that. I just would love to hear your thoughts. What do you think about overwhelm and, and how that plays into our spiritual lives? Oh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's another, the Satan works like that in my life too. If yeah. I can get to the point, if I get to the point of overwhelm, I'm like, okay, it's all too hard. I'm going to count all the problems in my life. Like mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm not seeing any goodness. Like I'm just seeing everything that's hard and it's easy to spiral down at yeah. that point. And just, it's so easy to count challenges, especially right now. The challenges are abundant in life, in the world. You can find them everywhere that you look. So I think in learning to look up, I think that was a big thing for me is just learning to look up instead of around <laughs> and yeah. seeing all the things that could potentially go wrong or already are going wrong just to look up and realize, okay, there's more to this picture. It doesn't have to feel so hard. This is just a tiny moment in time, even though when you're in the middle of something really hard, it feels like it will never end. It's all consuming at some point. Points, but looking up and just realizing, okay, the Lord can see the big picture. He knows how this is going to end where I don't right now. It feels mm -hmm. like it will end with me in a tailspin and crashing and burning, but he can see the whole thing. So if I can look to him and just say, okay, what is the first step for me to mm -hmm. get out of this mess that I feel like I'm in? And 
he will guide us step by step. He's not going to give us like the whole picture all at once. And that's frustrating for me sometimes because I want to see how it's all going to end. I want to know that all these things are going to work out. And that's not how the Lord generally works with me. He asked me to trust him and just, okay, here's one piece. Like do that and then come back and we'll give yeah. you the next yeah. step. Oh, I can so relate to that. I've been at that downward spiral. I have been at the bottom of that where it feels so hard to look up. It just feels like everything is on my shoulders and nothing's ever going to get better. You've already given some things, look up, start taking action. Just what would be your message to that woman who is just down there in that, you know, downward spiral and just feeling like nothing is ever going to be better. What would I would have wanted to hear? Uh, we can say, oh, hang in there. It's going to get better. That's not always super helpful because right. you don't know how it's going to get better when you're in the middle of something really hard. But I like to think that my track record for overcoming hard things is 100% so far. <laughs> and even though you get to a point where you're like, if anyone says to look on the bright side, I'm going to punch them in the face mm -hmm. because I've been there. I don't want to hear you say that. Yes. In my mind, I know it will get better, but right now it doesn't feel like it will get better. So I would just say, take it one day at a time. And maybe if all you can do today is like, say a prayer. Okay. That's good. Take that first step. There are lots of practical things I think that we can do to help ourselves when we're feeling super down. I mean, practical thing in your journal, like journaling, just at least for me, it's very healing just to get everything yeah. out of my head. I get stuck in my head sometimes and just like ruminate on thoughts that are not helpful. And so if I can even just get them out onto a piece of paper, even if it doesn't make any sense, it just, I can feel better just by doing that or by talking to a friend. I am a big proponent of you don't need to keep your messes to yourself. Because everybody can relate, even if they haven't experienced mm -hmm. your exact trial, but find somebody that you trust and just be like, Hey, let's, let's share. It's like free therapy. I am a big proponent of that. Just sharing with people, like moving your body. I think that's huge. Getting outside and just making sure you're getting adequate sleep. There are plenty of practical things that we can do to feel better, but just take it a little bit at a time. You don't have to do everything all at once and don't look around at what other people are doing, which I know is so hard, especially if you're on social media. It's like, easy no. to think, Oh, everybody else has it together. I'm the only one that doesn't. Yeah, it's true. It's no, it's not true. not true. And I think that's a big thing that I learned serving as Relief Society president during a pandemic is that everyone is struggling. Everyone is mm -hmm. struggling with something. Even the people that you're like, they have it all together. Like they probably don't have it all together. They're probably struggling with something too. So if we can give ourselves some grace and just take it one day at a time, one step at a time, do what you can today. And maybe it's two steps forward, one step back. That's okay. It's okay. I, I love all those things that you shared. And I think it's really just figuring out what is going to bring some light into your life. And especially I think sharing our struggles with someone else can be a way to do that. I think Satan is very, very prone to say, oh, you're all alone. Nobody else feels this way. And it, you sit in your head and you just, it just keeps going and going. And there's just so much darkness. But when you say to someone else, this is how I'm feeling and I'm struggling and you're just able to share that it, it lets light in and it helps you to get out of that mindset and 
to just take a step. So I think whatever you can figure out for you, and like you said, don't look around. It doesn't have to be what it is for someone else, but find what for you is going to bring you that light for sure. Even just opening a window in your house. I know. Get some (laughs) sunshine or yeah. And just allow Christ to help you bear those challenges. And and that can be life-changing. Okay. I want to talk about one more thing before we get to the last question, because I love, you wrote this in your application. I don't even know if you remember this, but you said he will not leave us alone unless that is what we want. What did you mean by that? If we don't want his help, he's not going to give it to us. Like we have to seek that out. I think it's like the the picture of of Christ knocking on the door without the doorknob on the outside. He's not going to force himself into our life. If we want to be left alone, we can have that experience. And speaking from experience, that's not the best way to go, in my opinion. Sometimes it feels good to wallow alone in our challenges. Not feels good, but it feels like that's what I want to do. I just want to feel sorry for myself for a minute. And if that's where you're at, feel sorry for yourself for a minute and that's okay. But when you're ready to get out of that, let him in, open the door. Like we talked about a minute ago, let, let in the light. You don't have to be in that place of being alone. There's always help available if you're willing to seek it out. Yeah. And I think that, I think it can start with even just the desire. Like it can be so small, just that desire to let him in. And the other thing I've been thinking about too, is like when we're walking the covenant path, Christ is always there. It's not like he's not there. It's not like he leaves, but sometimes it's just a matter of us turning so that we can see him. And when I say turn, it could be like the most minute thing that turns us towards him, whatever we can to just bring him back in. I agree with that. I think that's good that you pointed out that it's not like he's leaving us alone, like Mm -hmm. walking away, like he's within arm's reach. He's right there. He's just like, okay, when you're ready, when you're ready, I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a comforting thought that no, to know that he never abandons us. He's always there in our journey. And I, I love the way that you've shared the things that you've experienced and how you're still learning and growing, but to know that it's all God's work. It's all his work. And he will help us with that. Such a hopeful message. Absolutely. I feel like we are in dark times right now. Mm-hmm. And I look forward and we look at what's going to happen according to prophecy and the scriptures and what our prophets have told us. And I don't think it's necessarily going to get easier. Like we are going to be asked to do lots of hard things and go through lots of hard things collectively and individually. And if we don't know where to look for peace, it's going to be a lot more challenging. You know, so just realizing that we don't have to be afraid of what's coming. We don't have to, um, we don't have to expect that we will always be wallowing in darkness because hard things are coming. There's always light. We just have to, like we've talked about, just turn our head, see the savior, invite him into our lives, allow him to carry the burdens that are heavy for us. And he will. That is a perfect transition into our final question. And that is how have you seen and felt the savior in your journey on the covenant path? So for the past few years, I've really been trying to figure out how I best hear the voice of the Lord in my life. And as I've gone through that process and just learning how to connect with heaven in a really personal way, I have learned that 
the Savior will meet us wherever we are. And what it looks like for me is not going to be what it looks like for someone else. Like he will meet me in my mess. He will meet me in my wilderness. He will meet me in my closet or in my car or wherever I am. For a while, I felt like it had to be super formal and I had to be kneeling down and I had to be Mm -hmm. folding my arms and closing my eyes and saying a really formal prayer with thee and thine and all the words. But I've realized that it doesn't have to be that way. Not that it's a bad thing. And there is a place for that. But it is in the middle of everyday chaos. I can connect with him and meet him. And I've learned that he knows me intimately. He knows all the messy parts of my life. And yet he's still going to meet me there if I'm willing, if I'm willing to meet him. And that he speaks in sentences and paragraphs in like, Lots of words. It's not just when I learn how to listen, he's there to speak. And it's more like a friendship for me. It feels really personal, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I just know that he will meet us if we're willing. And I've experienced that time and time again. So yeah, just learn how he speaks to you. And for me, it's not while I'm on my knees, mostly. I fall asleep. Like my mind is all over the place. That's not where I hear him best. It's while I'm driving or while I'm moving my body or while I'm cleaning my house, because that's when my mind can focus. So yeah, I just know that he's there and that he cares and that he knows us and that he wants to help. So beautifully said. I love your testimony that he's there, that he shows up and that he won't leave us alone. So thank you so much, Lynette, for coming on and sharing. And if people want to follow you, find out more. Probably the best place to find me is on Instagram. It's my handle is Lynette Shepard. Make sure you spell it. Put the link in the show notes. (laughs) Nobody can spell my name. I admit that. So you can also find me at LynetteShepard.com. If you find Lynette Shepard, the menopause god, you have the wrong person. (laughs) There is a person with my name spelled a little bit differently. So. Anyway, that's where you can find me. Okay, great. We'll put all that in the show notes at spiritualmindedwomen.com and people can go and find you. And just thanks so much again for your faith and your testimony. I know it's going to help someone else. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And now here are this week's journal questions. How can you say yes to God? Lynette shared she has learned she can do more when she involves God in the things she is doing. How have you seen your reliance on your Heavenly Parents increase your capacity to do something you didn't think you could do? Record how that experience helped you. I've noticed a pattern in my life. The pattern is this. When I feel overwhelmed by anything, it is usually because I'm relying on myself instead of God. I have learned to be aware of this and to course correct when overwhelm creeps in. Where are you feeling overwhelmed in your life? How can you look up and allow Him to carry the burden? What do you need when you feel yourself in a downward spiral? Lynette shared the practical things she does to help her regain momentum. Her list included taking things one day at a time, writing in her journal, moving her body, sleeping, opening a window, and sharing with a friend. What are the things that help you when you feel low? 
Write your own list of things to do for yourself when you need to remember to look up. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on Apple Podcasts. This actually helps more women find the podcast and embrace their own journey on the covenant path. To find more ways to be a part of the Spiritually Minded Women community, head over to spirituallymindedwomen.com. For more inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedwomen. Have an amazing day. I'm cheering you on in your journey.